0: Yes, we will do just want you thank you Jesus Father we thank you for your sweetness we thank you that you are enough that the name of Jesus is freedom the name of Jesus is breakthrough we just thank you for this moment that we get to have with you just thank you for allowing us to sit at your feet Father, you're so good. You are so good. Thank you, Father. Man. So, a few weeks ago, I was sitting in church. I think Pastor Darren was ministering. I was standing in the back waiting to go out with our high school kids, and I just had a download. I didn't know if then was the time, and so I just kind of sat on it. It's been months in the making. But it was interesting because as I was sitting back there, I see people of all sorts of different ages in here. I see people, I see newborn babies. I see people up into their probably 70s, 80s. I know there's people watching. My grandparents are watching that are in their 90s. And as I was standing back there, it's interesting because we hear right now, we hear that there's the Joshua generation. We hear that there's the Moses generation. We hear that there's the generation of Elijah, the generation of Elisha. We hear that there's the Pauls, the Timothys, and the Barnabas. But as I was standing back there, what really laid heavy on my spirit is that it's the now generation. There's not an age limit on the now generation. God is calling this the now generation. And if that's from a newborn baby, if that's up to somebody that's 100 plus years old, we're in this as a generation together. There's no more age gaps and there's no more father and son gaps. There's no more grandpa and and grandson gaps. So this picture up here is my boy, I think is the day he was born and that's my, my grandpa. That's his great grandpa. And at that moment, that was the first or second baby that he's held. But in that picture, my grandpa's 92 years old. He just turned 95, and so as I talk about generations on earth, we see three generations there. We see a three-generation gap, but in the kingdom, it's the now generation. It's now. It's now that we have to rise up as one, and we have to go. It's now that the older people have to grab the younger people and and say, come on, let's walk together. Because, quite frankly, we're where we're at because there's a bunch of young people that don't know where to go because the old people didn't impart But then there's also a bunch of young people that are too ignorant and too proud and too boastful to listen to the older people because we think we know it better. There's going to be a point when your parents are going to know more than you think they do. (laughs) Trust me. And that's more more for our kids because I've been there. But it also says now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So why are we waiting until we have a Joshua generation and a Moses generation? Why are we waiting until we have to physically divide generations? I love the fact that there's three generations in that picture, but it also, I love that I'm not in that picture and that my dad's not in that picture because it really bridges the gap that I'm thinking about today. Why can we not have the youngest with the oldest? And it's just a constant flow. It's a constant river. It's a constant, they've been there, we haven't. If we can all legitimately stand on the shoulders of somebody ahead of us, We don't have to do things over and over. We don't have to break through the same walls. They've broke addiction. They've been healed. They've seen God move. Why are we trying to recreate the wheel and do it ourselves? It's a now generation. There's no age gap. There is physically, but in the spirit and in the kingdom, there is no age gap. We need to know and we need to see and we need to see people as the now generation generation. So if you get a word for some six-year-old kid at Taco Bell or Chick-fil-A when you're there with your family, that word's just as important to that six-year-old as it is to somebody that's 30 that's trying to start their life. If you get a word for a parent that has a newborn, speak that word. If you get a word for somebody that looks like they're in their 90s and they can hardly move, they're not finished, share the word. It's time that we stop sitting on our hands and letting age And the world tell us that there's a division between generations. There's not. Because when we see a division in generations, then we're too proud to ask for help. We're too proud to go to another generation and get their wisdom. That makes us too proud. So if we take out the age gaps, what freedom is allowed to flow from heaven to earth? Maybe that's what it takes to see heaven on earth. He's the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So is there a reason that we're trying to separate and designate that he's just the father for this generation? He's just the father for this generation. No, he's the father for the now generation. Father, we just thank you this morning. I thank you that you have deemed us the now generation. Father, that there is no mistake that we're in this right now that we're hearing this right now, that we're seeing your word right now, that we're seeing the scales fall off our eyes to understand where we are as a world and as a big church. Father, there's no mistake right now that the age gaps don't need to be, that we can, we can be the church body to start breaking those, those age gaps. We can be the church body to start filling those, to start bridging the gap It takes a bridge to cross a river, and if nobody's willing to lay themselves down, then we can't reach that next age group. And, Father, we just thank you for worship this morning. We thank you for getting to sit at your feet. Father, that nothing else matters. Father, that there was appointments with you this morning already, that those appointments brought freedom, that they brought breakthrough. Father, that they brought an experience with you in worship that they've maybe never experienced. And I just thank you so much for what you're going to do today. Now I just ask, Holy Spirit, that you continue to flow, that this is your service, that we don't get in the way. And we just thank you for that in Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you guys want to, go ahead and turn around and give somebody knuckle bump, handshake, whatever you're comfortable with. And you guys can be seated. Worship team, thank you so much. You guys were awesome. I may need another one of those if we got one. So, what's everybody else think of our worship team? i would I would personally hands down um I'm waiting for the c d to come out uh i would I would buy it I would download it, and I would put our worship team at a place uh against anybody else's worship team and I just they're anointed, they hear from God it was crazy because I called Kirsty uh Wednesday as I was working on my stuff and i 'm like. I don't know what you guys have planned, and I don't want to mess it up, but I feel like I'm supposed to share something in worship that has with worship. And she's like, that's funny because we've been praying as a team and feel like there's something that is supposed to be shared. So they are most definitely anointed people, and I love you guys, and you guys bless us as a whole tremendously. So thank you. For those of you that don't know me or have not gotten a chance to meet me, my name is Josh Schmidt. My wife and I get the awesome privilege to head up our junior high and high school ministries. I've got some of our high school kids back there somewhere. Uh, Nicole's out with with the junior high kids, but we get the awesome privilege of just partnering with you guys as parents and sending them into the world as arrows. And I want to take a moment and welcome Facebook. I think that's actually how my grandparents are watching. Uh, They don't like getting out and all of this, so thankful for Facebook. But we we welcome you, Facebook. In the comments, tell us where you're watching from. Interact on Facebook just as much as you would if you were in-house. Give feedback. Uh, they can go back and read it later. If it's bad, C-Dub called me out last week. If this is bad, you can uh, we'll put his cell phone number up later, and you can text him all the negative feedback. We just like the positive. So this morning I kind of mentioned it, but I feel <laughs> C-Dub and I have this going on, and I, I joked with him. I didn't get any phone calls or emails, thankfully. Uh, that's good, so you did good, but I was messing with him that I got a bunch. But I feel like this morning, and I kind of mentioned it, But I feel like we all have an appointment, and so I've I've titled my message, You Have an Appointment, and there's a a bunch of things we're going to talk about, but right now in everything going on, I think we overlook that, and I think we forget what we're really assigned to do, what we're really appointed to do, and it's been crazy, and I think people are are getting over it, and they want to, to be back to normal, but in the same time, there's a reason for right now. And some of you are like, well, that's, that's hard to find. And I would agree, at times it's hard to find. I've probably been the most frustrated in the last six months than I have in a long time with just different things, uh, you know, with work and, and things, never knowing what the situation's going to be. And so it's interesting because when we start to look at all of that, we miss all of our appointments. And how many of you have ever scheduled a doctor's appointment and you happen to put it down on the wrong day or you missed it and then you get a phone call that they've then charged you and you didn't even see the doctor because you missed your appointment, right? So we're in a position where humanly it's, we miss appointments, and we, we don't like to, but sometimes it happens. But I think spiritually we probably miss even more appointments. And so the definition of appointment is in an arrangement for a meeting or it's in an act of appointing someone or something. But then what's weird it's not weird, but that's how cool God is, is I was looking up the synonyms for appointments and it's assignment, it's designation, and it's commission. And that's not a coincidence at all that in Scripture we've been given the Great Commission. Matthew twenty-eight sixteen through 20 in the message, it says, 16 and 17, it says, Meanwhile, the eleven disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed for the mountain Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshiped him. Some, though, held back, not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. Verse 18, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go out and train everyone you meet, far and near, in, his, in this way of life, marking them by the baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them In the practice of all I have commanded you, and you will do this day after day, I'll be with you as you do this day after day, right up to the end of age. But what's interesting is if you want to put that back up and you reread it, verse 18, it says, Jesus undeterred went right ahead and gave this his charge. God authorized and commanded me to make an appointment for you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by the baptism in the threefold name. So the, the Great Commission I'm going to refer to today is our Great Appointment. We have an appointment. God has given us all an appointment to go out and create disciples amongst everybody. That's the importance of seeing, not seeing a generation gap. That's the importance of being able to go out and share God's word with anybody and everybody. Because he's called us to make disciples of everybody. He's called us to go out, to take what we have here and teach other people to live in that same lifestyle. So if we do that, that's an appointment. It's going to be a daily appointment that you have with God. You should be meeting him daily. But there's also going to be daily appointments that he's going to set apart for other people. And that's what's been super cool about the last few weeks is, is none of us, I don't think any of us really talk about where messages are going or what they do, but they all tend to weave together. And I believe that that's just the spirit showing us that there's, there's a theme and there's a rhythm so as we go out, we, we can't make... We can't have all the appointments in church. All of these people are getting the same training that you're getting. So if you... And, and there's going to be times where you have a word. There's going to be times you have encouragement for somebody in the church. But if you limit your appointments or your availability to have appointments with only people sitting in the church, you're not going to be effective and you're going to miss the, the appointments that you're actually supposed to have. And so it's the great appointment so 2011 and it it was march into february beginning of march 2011 and i know that because that's when nicole and i started dating but i went to a men's conference in south dakota and i was working with a gentleman we were doing some bible camps and i heard that there was a men's conference that a group of our men were going and i felt like i needed to go but at the time we were trying to figure out finances trying to figure out what to do And so the gentleman that I was helping, I asked him if he knew of any ways to go. If there was any scholarships, if there was anything, anybody I could work for, I was willing to do whatever it took to get there because I felt like I needed to be there. I feel like that was an appointment for me to be there. So what was interesting is he had reached out. We got it taken care of. And that appointment I had, I had breakthrough with God. I had things, I had experienced God like I never had. But that appointment is where the relationship with Pastor Darren and I started. He was up there ministering. I got a chance to connect with him and to to speak with him and thank him for helping me get there. And I didn't realize it until after the fact that he had actually paid for me to go. So I I rest assured that it was an appointment that was to be created. And so that appointment and the appointments that you guys have are gonna set platform for your next appointment. So then uh, later that year was July, the, the gentleman that I was doing the Bible camps with, the things that I was helping with, they had their series finals, and it was the July 4th weekend. And a couple weeks before, he just looks at me and he said, I feel like it's, it's your turn. And I'm like, one, I don't ride bulls. We'd always joke that I would try it once, and thankfully I got bought out of that. and never did. Um, we just hang out. And he, he said, no, it's your turn. And I asked him what he meant, and he said, it's time that you prepare a message And so that appointment was July 3rd, 2011, where I'm going to say I preached my first ever message. I don't know how good it was. I don't know that it's recorded, which is probably good for everyone's sake. Uh, It was 20 minutes. I've grown a lot because now I can talk for an hour and not have a problem. 20 minutes was a stretch. But there at that appointment, that was appointed time for me. Pastor Greg came. Pastor Darren and Lynette came. And they got to hear me minister. And they they told me at that point that there was something that we needed to grow. I started, I was serving with Pastor Greg at the time he was doing college and high school. And I was serving with him, just doing things with him. And at that moment, that appointment led to him seeing something where he started to use me to fill in when he had to work. So appointments become chain reactions and you begin to have more appointments if you're obedient to the ones that you have. The biggest appointment I think that I had was standing right here, but it wasn't for church. I was here, we were doing my little brother's funeral and I was, I was standing here and we had spoke, we had everything done and I'm sitting in the back, everybody had left and again, Pastor Darren and Lynette were here supporting us. They were officiating the funeral and Pastor Darren walks by and he said, you have a gift, we need to start working on it. Had I not been in the appropriate place fulfilling my appointment to honor my brother, he may have never had that encounter that I was supposed to step up and start taking action in church. So we started developing, we started growing, but it all comes from us being obedient when we feel there's an appointment. And it it doesn't have to be something to that. I don't know, there we go. It doesn't have to be something where you're communicating. It doesn't have to be something where you're preaching, but there's appointments every day. And it could be an appointment that you're trying to talk to your waitress. It could be an appointment that you're trying to talk to the person that's, that's putting gas in your car. That's trying to. God is going to show you things on a daily basis that we can't miss those appointments. And sometimes the appointment, as I've mentioned, sometimes the appointment's right in the middle of a storm. Sometimes the appointment is right in the middle of the most uncomfortable circumstance that you're in. All of us right now are in pretty uncomfortable circumstances. Some of you don't know if you're going to have jobs tomorrow. Some of you don't know how things are going to look. You don't know if your job's going to be reopened. You don't know if you have to work from home. And if you have kids in school, that's a whole nother ball game because nobody has any clue what's going on. <laughs> so we have to stay in the middle. Sometimes we have to stay in the storm so we don't miss that appointment. Sometimes we have to stay right where we are, not understanding it so we don't miss that appointment. Sometimes it's in the stay is where we will find our appointment you all have an appointment so as we as we look through the word and i'm putting this together there's a ton of appointments that you'll see in scripture david had an appointment with goliath david had an appointment with saul but what's interesting is when he had an appointment with saul it wasn't to take kingship but it was to torment what was tormenting saul Some of us are overlooking appointments because it's uncomfortable and it's not as glorious as we think it should be. The lady at the well had an appointment with Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood, she had an appointment with Jesus. But her appointment was so much that all she needed to do was touch the hem of his robe. We don't always have to have the face-to-face appointment. We don't always have to have this big light bulb moment you just may need to touch the hem of his garment for your appointment. Saul had an appointment with Ananias. Last week, Dub did an incredible job talking about that, but he had an appointment with Ananias. And what's interesting is as Dub mentioned last week, Ananias knew the type of person that Saul was. He was killing Christians. He was doing terrible things to people, but Ananias was obedient. So... And this is going to rub some people, but everything that's going on, what if God puts you in front of the person that's leading a protest and you have an appointment? Are you going to be too proud and you're going to justify not meeting that appointment because of everything they've done, everything they're currently doing, or are you going to be obedient to your appointment? Paul had an appointment to go to Rome. He wanted to go to Rome. That's why he wrote Romans, was to the Roman church, letting them know that he was going to come to Rome and preach in Acts twenty twenty three eleven, Jesus told Paul, he said he would speak, he would speak for him in Rome. The Aramaic means you are destined to speak for me in Rome. If God tells you you're destined to do something, I'm going to say it's a pretty pretty big empo- pretty big appointment. He had an appointment in Rome. The only way that Paul made it to Rome was as a prisoner. He'd been shipwrecked. He'd been bit by a snake. Some of us won't make our appointments because of the things that it takes to get there. It's not, it's not the vehicle that we would use. I bet when Paul heard that and Jesus told him that you will speak for me in Rome, I don't think that Paul thought he was going to go as a prisoner. I don't think that Paul thought that his appointment was going to be met preaching from a prison cell. Some of us need to understand where our appointments are. The disciples had an appointment with, from Jesus with the Holy Spirit the day of Pentecost. He told them to go into the upper room and wait, and it was going to be a few days. Lo and behold, it was 10 days. The Holy Spirit came, but sometimes we forget, and we get a timeline, or somebody gives you a word on something. You think that's an appointment, and it has to be your schedule. It has to be your time. But sometimes we need to realize that God is the only one that controls what time our appointment comes to pass the disciples if they wouldn't have waited if you're told three days and you you hit three days and it doesn't come you're probably okay you hit day five and you're probably starting to get a little bit antsy day nine you're probably ready to this guy's lying to us i'm gonna walk away but they were faithful for 10 days where some of us god tells us something and we can't be faithful for 15 minutes we, we get a word or we get an appointment and we feel that that's now. Maybe God's placing something on the inside of you, not for somebody today, but for somebody next month. Are you going to sit on it long enough? Are you going to stay long enough? Are you going to be okay with holding on to that? That word this morning with the generations I've been sitting on for a month, I could have come to them and said like, hey, I think I need to share this. But your appointments will always happen in the right time and that's not up to us. So the three that we're going to dive into, that's a list of, and there's there's plenty more that you can go through, but there's three that I want to dive into. And in 2 Samuel, I'm not going to read it for time's sake, but go read 2 Samuel. As you hear this, I want you to realize that I'm not just making stuff up because if I'm making stuff up and you don't check it, that's on you. But 2 Samuel, David had an appointment to be at war with his men. He was the king, and there was a certain point where he was supposed to be in war. Instead of meeting that appointment, he decided to stay at home. He decided to be up on his roof, and because he missed his appointment, Bathsheba ended up pregnant. So we have to be careful that we see our appointments. But then David realized what had happened. I'm out of place. I missed my appointment, so now I have to make up for what I've done. So David realized that he blew up his appointment. His appointment was to be at war, and he was having an affair. He he missed it big. Like, that's that's a pretty big way to miss. So he calls Uriah in from the battlefield, which was Bathsheba's husband, and said, I can get him to come home, and he can fix this whole situation because he's been away from his wife a long time at battle. The first thing he's going to want to do, like any man would want to do, would be to sleep with his wife. But Uriah came home, and what was interesting is Uriah was more aware of his appointment than King David because Uriah knew his appointment was with his men. Uriah knew his appointment was to be battling, and he missed that so much and was so convicted that he wasn't fulfilling his appointment that he didn't sleep with his wife. So now David's in a world of hurt because... Her husband won't sleep with her, so now how do I cover it up? So King David sends Uriah to the front lines knowing that he's going to be killed. So his goal, because he missed his appointment, he had to have somebody killed. The thing is that we need to take from that story is if we create the appointment, we have to manage and sustain it. If God appoints and creates that appointment, he can manage and sustain it. Uriah knew that his appointment was from God. He needed to be there with his men. There was nothing that anybody on, the, on earth could do, including the king, to get him to step outside that appointment. So David tried to make it up, but he tried to force an appointment that was out of place. Had he been in the right spot, he would have never had to force an appointment with Bathsheba because he looked, and instead of turning away and realizing that he had missed his appointment, he then sent for her. So he forced an appointment It was never from God. An out-of-place appointment may... Out of place with God, if you're out of place with God, it may cause you to force your own appointment. And you're going to be like, well, what's that look like? I don't know. Is it alcohol addiction? Is it a pornography addiction? Is it drug addiction? Is it an affair? Is it chasing money and not pursuing God? So if we... If we try to force an appointment, it's going to cause turmoil like it did for David. The second one that I want to touch on and dive into, and it's pretty familiar to most of us, but Jesus had an appointment on the cross. And this is in the Gospels. You'll see this. But the appointment that Jesus had was from his Father. He wasn't going to take an appointment. He wasn't going to say anything that wasn't from his Father in heaven. His appointment on the cross meant everything to everybody because had he decided to not be obedient, then we wouldn't have the opportunity for salvation. But his appointment was to stay because he's up there. It's Jesus. Jesus could have got down off the cross. The people that were there that were hanging him were trying to get him to come down. He knew his appointment was to stay on the cross until he was dead. But again, his appointment was to stay, because at any moment Jesus could have got down. We all know that, and if you don't read, like it tells you that he is the the name above all names, he is the most powerful. He could have stepped down, but it would not have fulfilled his appointment. We would have been left without salvation had Jesus not been obedient to fulfill his appointment to stay. And I've mentioned this, but some of us, guys, we've got to stop being in such a hurry. We miss appointments because we're in a hurry. We miss appointments with our waitress because we get our food, we get our check, and we go. Did you try to strike up conversation? Did you try to stay for an extra five minutes? Sometimes we have to stay in order for it to be successful. We need the Father to set the timing. If we try to set the timing, it's never going to work. We're gonna force the issue and it's always gonna be us and our time is always now. There's people in here, I know that you have an appointment with Jesus to be healed and you want that now. I'm with you. You want that now but sometimes the timing is best when it's gonna glorify him. Sometimes we have to stay right where we're at so we don't miss our appointments. And the third one I'm I'm gonna touch on is Jesus had an appointment with Lazarus, but I think it's better off to say that Lazarus had an appointment with Jesus. And you might be like, well, Lazarus was dead. How did he have an appointment with Jesus? Because if you're dead, you can still have an appointment. Some of us are sitting in here spiritually dead, but you have an appointment today. You have an appointment with Jesus today. You have an appointment with Jesus today. We're dead spiritually, but there's always an opportunity. Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to die. His sisters were then upset that he had died, that Jesus wasn't there fast enough. I guess if you're going to be late to an appointment, you might as well have the ability to raise someone from the dead. So Lazarus had an appointment. But what's interesting is some of you, as I was just saying, some of us are dead spiritually. Some of us may feel like you're dead physically. But the right appointment can bring you to life. The right appointment is your resurrection life. The right appointment with Jesus is going to help you leave your grave clothes and move on. Pastor Lynette talked last two weeks ago, past, present, and future, and there's things you can't take from your past into your future. So why are we continuing to carry our grave clothes into our future? It's time that you accept the appointment that God has given you and allow that appointment to raise you from the dead, release you from your grave clothes, and move on. Grave clothes stink. Like, I don't understand why some of us so much want to hold on to everything that's ever happened. And I've been there, and I've walked through that. But let me tell you, when you get freedom from that, you're going to feel like a completely different person. Don't continue to carry and drag your grave clothes. Because as you try to take a step, and your grave clothes are continue to be wrapped around your legs, they're going to be what makes you fall. They're going to be what trips you up. They're going to be what stops you from the resurrection. The appointment with Jesus will allow you to be free and allow you to not carry your grave clothes. We need freedom. Our world needs freedom. These people that are protesting need freedom from whatever is going on. We have to meet those appointments, and we have to be willing through the resurrection of Jesus to understand what those do. But as we're talking about this, You may be like, well, that's great, but where do appointments come from? How do appointments come? And I think there's four things. There's probably more, but for me, there's four because I'm up here and I put it together and I didn't want to find a fifth. (laughs) So where do appointments come from? I think the first one is an unexpected meeting. You meeting somebody unexpectedly. Just a quick story on this. My wife and I, uh, we were out a few years ago and we took somebody on our leadership team to dinner trying to figure out, just wanted to, to connect with them. And we were sitting there and I felt as our waitress came up and gave us our check, we had stroke, uh, struck up some small conversation with her. She was trying to go to like acting school in New York and do different things. And we'd struck up conversation with her and all of a sudden, and I don't ever carry cash. And so this, I know this was God because I don't carry cash. And we pay the bill and I look at Nicole, and I'm like, I think we're supposed to give her a $100 bill. And this is, this is not, like, to boast on Nicole and I. This is, just, this is just an appointment through an unexpected meeting. And she looked at me, and she said, do you even have a $100 bill? Because she knows I don't carry cash. And I'm like, I do. And so we, we took it out, and we asked our waitress to come back because she was done, and she was trying to clean up and go home. We asked her to come back, and she came back, and we, we just said, we want to bless you with this. And she just, she just broke down at the table. She said, I can't take that. I said, well, it's going to stay here, so either you take it or someone else does. I said, I'm not putting it back in my wallet. I said, it's yours. I said, we just want to bless you, and I hope it helps. And she goes on to tell us that that day she had just gotten some medical bills that she didn't know how she was going to pay. Your appointment will come through an unexpected meeting. Your appointments can also come through an unexpected crisis. My Lord, if we're not in an unexpected crisis, and some of you still have no idea that there's appointments out there, some of us still have not had one appointment in the last six months. But what's interesting is an unexpected crisis can be a national pandemic. It can be somebody losing a friend. I was at work a couple of weeks ago, and this guy that I work with, all of a sudden he comes up to me and he said, hey, can you come here? Yeah. Yeah and he pulls me into a conference room and he's got tears in his eyes and he said one of my best friends and his sister were just in a car wreck and he's dead and I don't know if she's going to live can you pray in my office so an unexpected crisis is going to allow people to come and search for hope there's people out there today looking for hope and you need to be it you need to meet them for that appointment and bring hope you need to bring life because there's a lot of death being talked about We need to understand that our unexpected crisis is only a crisis if you're in the world. We're in the kingdom of heaven. There's not crisis in the kingdom of heaven. But if you use the kingdom of heaven to meet that person's appointment, you can bring them life. An unexpected delay. How many of you have ever been on a flight and it gets delayed? Because that's a joyful experience. But in that delay... Are we so upset about the situation or can we be aware and continue to look for God's appointments? And the last one, an unexpected change of plans. Now, I'm not talking like you're gonna go out with a friend and there's always a bigger, better deal that pops up and you're not good enough for that friend. What I'm talking about is an unexpected change of events, an unexpected change of plans. There's some times where things just Change, and you have no idea why. But in that moment, are we frustrated with the change and are we frustrated trying to figure out why it changed and why we're all of a sudden, now we don't know what's going on? Or are we asking God, what's your appointment? Unexpected change is when you have a group and you're all gonna go to dinner and you get there and they won't let you sit together. Now you're going somewhere else. But in that, are you upset and this is, this is funny because this happened to me and I was more upset than looking for my appointment. <laughs> just, just, being, just being honest. But we went to dinner and it was in all this and I said, you can't have more than six people sit together. And we had or more than eight people and we had nine, but one of them was like a four-month-old baby. I did not look wow. for the appointment in that time. I was frustrated, but in that moment, had I been more like, God, all right, what do you have for us? Because then we went to another restaurant that told us we could all sit together, and we couldn't. And so then I'm yelling, like we prayed, like we were like 15 feet away, and I was praying for all of our dinner. But was I, if I would have been more apt to looking for that divine appointment, do you think that there maybe could have been somebody on the wait staff that needed something, somebody that needed encouraged? So we have to use those things to allow them to create divine appointments. Because when they're divine, that's something that God does. If we're just out looking for appointments and we're trying to manifest appointments, you're going to fall flat on your face. But let God create those divine appointments. John 15, 16, and 17 out of the Passion Translation says, You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world and bear fruit. And your fruit will last because whatever you ask my father for my sake, he will give it to you. So this is my parting command. Love one another deeply. Again, the word commission is a synonym for appointments. But I've chosen and made an appointment for you to go into the world and bear fruit. If you're all sucking lemons, it's going to be hard to bear fruit. That day at that restaurant, I was not bearing fruit. I was was maybe sucking lemons. If we set out to love one another deeply, if we don't set out to love one another deeply, there's a good chance we'll miss his divine appointment. Your appointments are going to be uncomfortable, and most of the time it's going to ask you to love or do something for somebody that most of the time cannot do anything to repay you. And that's how you know it's a divine appointment, because if we set those appointments up, we begin to keep a tally of what we've done for that person and expect it to be paid back. John 17, 18. John chapter 17, verse 18, the Passion Translation, I have commissioned or given, you, given an appointment to them to represent me as you commissioned or you have given me an appointment to represent you. That's Jesus talking. Jesus is talking to the Father, and he's saying, I have given them an appointment just like you have given me an appointment. All of our appointments are God-created and God-destined. We just need to realize the importance of, of allowing God to do it. The great appointment was for us to go into the world and see what we... Let me start over. The great appointment was for us to go into the world and train everyone what we know. This will happen through divine appointments that God sets. Your appointments may not look like you think. They may not look like the vehicle you thought they were going to look like. They may not be the situation you thought they were going to look like. Some of you to go in front of everything and pray for people scares the crap out of you. And that's okay. But as you grow and you continue to do better and you continue to grow, like I honestly, knowing C-Dub's heart, I think his goal is to to meet the head of protest. But that's because he's seeking a divine appointment because C-Dub is seeing past what they're doing. He's seeing past what they're the, the havoc that they're wrecking. Some of you have family members that you have a divine appointment with today because you need to lay down what they've done. You need to lay down the hurt they've done. You need to lay down the things they've done. And you need to accept your appointment. And you need to fix it. But we need to go out today, starting today, and we need to be aware of our appointment. The greatest appointment is for us to learn and to go out into the world, to love one another deeply. But if we're too stuck up and too caught up in the situation and we don't understand what God wants to do, then we're going to try to make appointments. We're going to try to force things that then we have to sustain. And I don't know if you guys have ever tried to do something in the name of God and sustain it. It will wreck you. You will be so wore out and so tired and so beat up that you're not going to have a fighting chance. So we need to do it in divine appointments that he creates. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your appointment this morning. God, I just ask that if there's anybody in here that's never met you, Father, that they've never stood face to face with you, Father, that that appointment for them is now. Lord, that you would move so compassionately on them that they feel something that they've never felt, that they see something they've never seen. Lord, that they would experience you, not just hear about you from from up here today, but they would experience you. And Lord, I just thank you for that. And I just ask if there's anybody in here that's never had that appointment with Jesus, that you've never met that appointment, that he set that appointment and you've never shown up. I ask if that's you for the first time today. I just want to see your hand. So I'm going to pray with you. And then there's an appointment that we have where we know Jesus and we walk in Jesus, but we don't bear fruit, we don't love one another deeply. We don't go out into the world and teach what we know. And there's an appointment to rededicate, to fulfill, and meet that appointment. Father, we just thank you for that this morning. Lord, we just thank you for your goodness and your mercy, Father, that when we do miss or we do mess up, that, Father, all you care about about is that we show up. Father, that you don't keep track of our wrongs. You don't keep track of our mess-ups or misses. You don't keep track of Completely obliterating something but father you keep track of the fact that we showed up And lord, I just ask that you would you would raise a mighty people father a now generation that's willing to show up A now generation that's willing when you call for an appointment father that we're willing to go Father that may not be missions that may not be overseas that may be at our lunch table with our waitress but father that you create these appointments that we can step into. Father, that there's a boldness and a courage on the inside of every single one of us that we can move into those appointments, that we're not worried about what they think. We're not worried about what they say, what they do. We just ask that you give us the boldness and the courage that when you set an appointment that we can show up. And Father, I thank you that that as we begin to show up, that that ripple effect, the church begins to show up. Father, that there's appointments coming up In November, Father, that as Christians that we need to show up. We need to show up. We need to stop being silent, Father, that you would raise a boldness in appointments for even something like that that we may not think has any impact, that we may not be able to change anything, but, Father, that we would show up. Because the fact that there's 60 million Christians that don't show up is a problem. So, Father, I pray that this church, that this body is one that shows up. And Father, I just thank you for that. And I just give you all honor and glory and praise for everything you do. And we just thank you for your appointments. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you all so much.